When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Is that John Bon Jovi? Yep, some chanter. Right, here we go. Romeo's bleeding. <laughs> this week, London calling as KT makes his long-awaited move south. We bid farewell to Glasgow's second favourite son. A drawn Transylvania sets us up nicely for the turn leg against Cluj, and domestic dominance once again as Celtic stick five past the steel men. All this and more on the latest episode of Twenty Minute Tips. Episode 186 of 20 Minute Tims, and I am joined this week by Matt Melly. Yes. And Stephen. Also, yes. And I am your host, Jamie. And there's a lot to talk about this week. One, oh, boy. One major thing that sort of caught everyone's attention this week. Everyone's choking for us to talk about it Celtic Cluj, <laughs> one each. <laughs> yeah. No, of course, we am, of course, referring to Kieran Tierney. Oh. Um, Feels like it's, it feels like a long time ago now, but it still fucking hurts. It still hurts. Stephen swears out the way. I could, in the first minute and a half, we will allow, we'll allow, we'll allow. <laughs> it's an emotional swear. time. Before we get into it, of course, we must dive into our housekeeping, which of course means Patreon. Those of you who don't know, and you must know that we we run a, a superb Patreon service where you support the podcast, and in return, you get excellent extra content in the form of yep. podcasts delivered right to your ears. This week on the Patreon, Stephen. Well, we have the match companion for the Clues game. More on that later. We will yes. cover that game in, in due course. We have also had a brand new podcast on there called Ranking at the Reserves. <laughs> You've heard of Melly at the match by now. Well, this is Ranking at the Reserves. The increasingly popular Tom Ranking of the Having a Rank podcast is now travelling to Celtic Colts games yep. and reporting on them just as Melly does for the, the home games for the big team. Yeah, it's, it's something that's maybe underserved for Celtic fans to somebody go along Aye. and just give a wee report on the ones ones they'll watch for the future and that's exactly what we got. It, was, it went down very well. It was the game Celtic Colts versus Queen's Park which was for some reason in Airdrie. I, I don't know what. Penny, what's Penny Carl's yeah. Stadium. <laughs> and the Hilariously named, what was it, Tunnock's Caramel Wafer yep. Cup or something oh, like that? Jesus. The Tunnock's Caramel Wafer Cup in the Penny Carl Stadium between Queen of the South and Celtic Colts. Don't you dare call Scottish football tin pot. <laughs> <laughs> there is a mouthful. And of course, we had the the treble tier phone in, my favourite podcast. I wasn't on it this week, but which means I got to listen to it, yeah, yeah. which is which was great. That is exclusively for the treble tier. They yep. can send in their voice notes, their phone calls, their emails and questions, and we answer them. Started off, you know, I thought it'd be people sort of picking our brains for Celtic <laughs> knowledge. Three knowledgeable Celtic guys here. I suppose once upon a time it was. There was a lot of early questions about directors of football and yeah. scouting and things like that. No, 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 no. No, it's Not mostly. Anymore. Post-apocalyptic Jimmy Bell hell scenarios, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and various other things. But it's, it's brilliant. It's the the most fun to record. It's the most popular thing we do, probably on the on the Patreon. It is. 
it's hilarious stuff. We never really know what's coming. And uh, the good thing for me was I wasn't on it this week, which meant I got to listen to it. Yes. Yeah. Coming up, we have Melee at the Match for the Cluj game and the Dunfermline game. Yeah. Um, and double header this double week. Double yeah. coming up this week. And one final podcast that we had on the Patreon was, well, it was an emergency podcast. The breaking news that Kieran Tierney was leaving the club, we thought it was only right that we gave yeah. our immediate thoughts to that. So if you want to listen to con- contemporaneous thoughts <laughs> on Kieran Tierney leaving the club, you can go back and listen to that. But I suppose this being the flagship podcast, as good a place as any to pick up Kieran Tierney moving. So, after much speculation and probably the third transfer window in a row that he's been linked mm, with a move yeah. away from the club, Celtic eventually accepted a £25 million bid for academy product and first-team left-back Kieran Tierney. Um, let's talk about the, the the business side of it first before we get into the emotional side of it. Stephen, do you think accepting that bid for this player of standard that Kieran Tierney was, was was a good thing to do. My immediate reaction to that would be no. You you always want more, the, especially for a player of the of the type that we think um, Kieran Tierney can go on to become. The thing is, though, I, I just don't think Celtic would have got any more. Um, the business side of it, I think, it's it represents a success for Celtic because you've taken a player from the ages of what, what was he seven seven I mean mm. seven so almost fifteen years later they've sold them for twenty five million pounds which. On the purely on the balance sheet, on the the ins and outs, right on the ledger, yep. is a huge success for Celtic. Profit, yeah, profit. <laughs> um, however, we as fans don't really want to hear that that side of things. It's, no, and that's why I asked it first. <laughs> football is about an awful lot more than that, and I think Kieran Tierney is the perfect representation of why this is such a hard one to take. And I, I do accept that it's a business decision. But that doesn't wash, I'm afraid, no. with fans. The business doesn't wash with Stephen. Uh, Melly, how do you feel about it? Are you comforted in any way by the, the figure that we got for him? Uh, same as Stephen. It's a lot of money, to be honest. Do I think we could have got more? No, there would only seem to be one club in from mm. from most yeah. of the summer. Not to say other clubs haven't looked at him before, but Arsenal seem to be the only, the only bidder. And £25 million, Five million more than a previous record. I think it's fair money plus a sell on. I don't think we could have got much more. I mean, personally, as I've discussed a couple of times, you're not going to you're not going to impress me by telling me we got twenty five or thirty million for Kieran Tierney. It's like a bit like you, Stephen. It doesn't really doesn't really wash with me. It doesn't no. comfort me in any way. Um, I'd be I'd be a hell of a lot more comforted if you know Neil Lennon came out the very next day and went. Just off the phone to Peter. I've got twenty five million quid to spend. Yeah. Now he's not going to say that because as soon as the Celtic are going to make a bid for any left back, and before they sold Kieran Tierney, it would have been a million. Now that everyone knows we've got this money, it's going to be two million. That yeah. that's just the way it is. So you don't tell everyone you've got this money to spend. But it's the, the money doesn't come for me because I think we've lost. Um, I think we've lost an exceptional player that we're not going to replace. Yeah, absolutely. And even on that point, if you say right, we've got twenty five million to spend on the team let's say 15 of which is going to be spent on a left back, unrealistic obviously, yeah. but even if you were to take that, it's still not going to plug that gap, it's still not going to fill the hole no. of what Kieran Tierney represented for Celtic and the fans. It's never going to be easy to placate the fans in that scenario because realistically the next left back that will come along will could be a good player, 
and it could be Bolly, but I'm assuming we're going to be in for more than that. But could be a good player, but is never going to represent all the things that Kieran Tierney was. What did uh, Kieran Tierney represent to you as a Celtic player? Many business out the way. Let, let's talk about the the guy. I suppose he gave me that opportunity to think that's what I would have been like if I was a player for Celtic. Mm. That was that was the kind of boy I'd want to be—the good boy that gives everything for the team, is a sort of cheerleader for the fans. Just the grit, the determination, the skill of the boy to come through and just his goals and big games yeah, and all that. Yeah. He's just everything you'd want as a supporter growing up. I didn't get to live the dream, but you sort of get to live it through Kieran mm. Tierney. And that's entirely what I'm talking about here. You don't, you can't just go out and buy that. It's no. impossible to go out and buy that. He's the he's the homegrown guy. He's the, the, the darling of the support Aye. because of his background because he's a Celtic fan again it just no amount of money can go out and buy that because even if you do go out and buy a Celtic fan he's not a guy who's come through the ranks yeah. and he's done all the things all the it's like the the fairy tale story like coming up from as I say when he was seven all the way into the first team looked like a future captain looked like he was going to seal the ten looked like all these things and that's all gone now and again just money money doesn't plug that gap and that's how I feel Kieran Tierney yeah. for me was now we had a chat and I was having a chat with, with Gilly for the History Boys um, about and, and the History Boys themselves. You know, what is a Celtic legend? Hmm. What's the difference between a Celtic legend, a Celtic great? And I think Gilly even made the point on Twitter somewhat controversially that he might not even consider Kieran Tierney a Celtic great. You know, when you hmm. look back 30 years, he was just some guys that done a couple of seasons. And, 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 oh, no, no, no. And, and that's, well, well there's, there's, there's more than one opinion out there. I don't know necessarily if he's a Celtic legend because for me personally, my personal opinion is to be considered a club legend, you have to make the sacrifice for your own career for maybe the benefit of the club. And I think had Kieran Tierney turned Arsenal down and stayed like Henrik Larsson did when he had the opportunity to join Manchester United or whatever, then you could maybe bracket him in in the legend. But I mean, he's a a great, great player for us. He'll go down and as a Celtic great, as one of the invincibles, but like you say, see, no money can plug that gap because I loved watching Kieran Taylor. Yeah. I absolutely loved watching him. A real favourite of mine, especially in these last couple of years. I think he embodied everything it meant to be a Celtic player yeah. and a Celtic fan. I don't think any of it was fake. I've got absolutely no, no. no time for this rat patter. I'm not even going to devote any time to it on no, this podcast. No. I've got no time for it at all. I'm not giving him that. Um, I, I, it was definitely a difficult decision for him. You know, He, he made that clear on social media. I'm sure 75 grand a week smoothed the path <laughs> somewhat. But I'll, I'll miss Kieran Tierney at that Celtic team. I really, really will for, for more than just being a left back, but for everything that embodied about the club, that's what I'm going to miss. Yeah, and as far as you mentioned the word sacrifice there, I think it's probably unfair to say that Kieran Tierney didn't do that because he did put himself through an awful lot for Celtic. He's been run... How long have we been talking about it now? About he's run into the ground for for the sake of Celtic. He's played through numerous injuries. and mm. you know, he, he, This is a guy who ran back from hospital with his face smashed in to be part of the celebrations and all that so it's not none of it's fake you're you're absolutely right it's it's nonsense to be saying that now but again I don't much like you I don't want to dedicate any time on this podcast to talking about the ridiculous backlash on social media from it but the words legend and great and all that they're all quite subjective there is no definition to them but I wouldn't I, I don't think I'd have them in legend but I think if you're talking about 10 20 30 years time if you're looking back on something like having won the Invincible treble, the treble treble, 
every player who played a significant part in that is going to be is going to go down in history, regardless of what social media says or what, or whether he left or not. Melly and I talked on the Friday phone in about how people still talk about the centenary double as being like a huge cornerstone yeah. in Celtic's history, and you can name off all these players and who scored the goals and all that. But that pales in significance to what Kieran Tierney has achieved with Celtic. Mm. That, that was a special time because of the point of Celtic history. It was at the hundred year mark, but winning a double is absolutely nothing compared to what what Tierney has achieved in the last three, four, five years. Melly, how do you feel that as a move for the player moving down to Arsenal? Do you think that's a, a good move for him? I'm not just talking about the money and the, and the career progression side of it. That's that's undoubted because, as we said on the emergency podcast, like that's that's Hollywood. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. that's Hollywood down there. That's the best league in the world. It's not really much up for much debate now. They've got the most money, the best players. Well, the the four European finalists yeah. last year are all from England. At this current time, there's not. It might much not have been before. No, no, right. But yeah. but at this current time, it's the best league in the world. But do you think Kieran Tierney's one good enough to make an impact down there? Um, do you think Kieran Tierney that's a good move for him to someone like Arsenal? Could he have maybe went to a mid-table club and tried to get someone even bigger? What do you think of the move? I think it's a smashing move. If he had went to a mid-table club, I think a lot more questions would have been asked. Well, why are you going there? What are hmm, you going to yeah. achieve there? But with Arsenal now they've had to redo their squad. They've got a manager in who's trying to get the players out that let Arsenal fall into the way they were. They were, they were a good team at one point. They've got a stadium with 60,000 people a week. Facilities, I've been to the stadium, it's amazing. Yeah. All the facilities are brilliant. That manager is going to develop them. And Arsenal have done something we haven't and figured out they have deficiencies in their squad in defence. So they've signed a centre-half, they've signed a left-back. In midfield, they brought in Ceballos and up front, they brought in Pepe. So they've looked at the four places, addressed every single one of them and they now look like they're first eleven, and underneath that they've got a lot of young, good young players coming through. I think it's looking like a decent squad. Might not be enough to break into the top four this year, but going forward, I think it's the best team he could get right now. And even after that, he could move on to Man City if he, they come in from. There's been a lot of chat about how he could probably do better than Arsenal at this point in time, but I don't think I agree. I think I agree with you, Melly, that it's probably his ceiling for the moment. Now, that's not to say he can't develop because look at Van Dyke. He went down there and improved in leaps and bounds. Yeah. You only have his own word to go on that. He improved hugely at Southampton. I know secretly we would all like to think he signed for Celtic, became the world-class player and then kind of stayed mm. the same level. That's not really true. He went down there and became a, a much better player playing against... And it's obviously playing against much better opposition. Even in, in Arsenal's team... Yeah, they might not be the team they were under Arsene Wenger many years ago, but you you just have a look at the squad. You're talking about like just just on the surface of things, World Cup winners, La Liga winners, Serie A winners, I believe, at least two Bundesliga Players of the Year in that squad as well. But I mean, that's you could rhyme them off. So I th- I think the idea that Kieran Tierney is too good for that yeah. at this current point in his career is a wee bit fanciful. To be honest, I think he's got an awful lot to learn from. The, the players surrounding him and as Melly has rightly pointed out this is a manager that's won what three Europa Leagues yep. as well it is I think the unfortunate thing is I just don't think Celtic can offer him the top career that he feels he can probably achieve and he, he pretty much said as much in yeah. his statement I honestly I honestly think Kieran Tierney is going to go down there and tear that league up I think see the plaudits Andy Robertson's getting just now and, and the, yeah. the player that Andy Robertson's become into a couple of years ago, Kieran Tierney was a better player than Andy Robertson. Mm, yes. And I think... A lot I th- younger as well. A lot younger. I think he's got it in him. I think 
12 months, people will not be talking about Andy Roberts in the way they are. I think they'll be talking about Kieran Tierney because I, I honestly think, and see that sort of fullback that Kieran Tierney is, and we can maybe talk about bowling now. See that sort of marauding fullback who can get forward, but who's also really tough in defence. He's really switched on for a young player. His attitude is spot on, but that sort of fullback thrives in the Premier yeah. League. They, they really thrive. And see, across the board, like, forget our feelings on it, see, across the board, fans love that kind of yeah, thing. The yeah. Arsenal fans are really excited about him. If you filter out all the obnoxious stuff that's online about how, you know, he's, he's a farmer's league and all that up here, like, ignore all I that. Wa- wait and see. Yeah, mm-hmm. ignore all that stuff. Their fans are delighted to get Kieran Tierney in. They're all really excited about it, and with good reason, because for all those reasons you've just listed, Fans love it. Fans absolutely love a player that represents that kind of thing, the tough and the attack, and it's, it's a fan's dream come true. I'm actually surprised there, there wasn't more teams in for Kieran Tierney because he's the type of fullback he is, is is very, very difficult to get your hands on, as, yeah. as Celtic will probably find it. Because he can defend as well, yeah. as well as go forward. He's excellent going forward, can ship him with the odd smashing goal, as we've seen. He can cut back, create assists, but defensively, He's great mm. in the tackle. He's strong as well. He's got the energy and the drive in there. He's everything you're looking for in a young player. It's probably just as the fact that he's Scottish and he's been playing in this league that he's not been picked up by somebody else. I'm, I'm really looking forward to see how he gets on, to be honest with you. I, I, it's I going to be hard to watch, isn't it? It's going I, to be a weird thing. Still no used to, to seeing him in that no, Arsenal no, shirt. It's really weird. I know. It's, it's going to be a tough one. I'm, at the same time, I want I want the guy to do well. I've got no ill feelings. I, I just don't subscribe to the stuff that's been going on online about how he's, you know, again, I'm not going to there, but the, the rat and all that kind of nah, stuff. Nah. Um, I'm not interested in it. I'm, I've no ill feelings. I perfectly oh, understand no. his decision to go and make the best of his career because look, I know it's the old cliche, but you, you just don't know what can happen. He's, he's already had serious injuries. Broken leg. Yeah, broken, broken leg. ankle, and broken jaw, double hernia. And his hips are falling to bits as well. It's like you need to grab the opportunities that come your way in football, unfortunately, for Celtic. But again, I just, no ill feelings. And um, I hope he does well. And I hope Aye, he, he shows up. I hope he shows up Scottish football and Celtic in a good light down there, like most of the players who have gone down there in recent years have. I'll, I'll look on it with a bit of pride. Yeah, because yeah. that's what you want. You want the guy who leaves, who was the fan. He didn't leave. He didn't force a move. No, Celtic. As I said, weeks or months ago, if he goes, Celtic will have accepted an offer. Oh. So see that. Which see that they just did. to jump in. See that Celtic statement. But oh, we've done everything we can to keep the. I, I don't know why Celtic needed to put that statement no. out. Why couldn't you just say? We accepted an offer. It was mute because it suited both people, yeah, right? It's, and, and why can't you just say you're happy for him? I didn't like. Honestly, I thought that was needless. Yeah. I, I didn't like that statement. And, and I was talking to someone the other day who, well, probably knows more about it than me. And he was saying that if Kieran Tierney knocked back that move to Arsenal once Celtic accepted twenty five million, Peter Lowell probably would have stuffed him in the boot and drove him <laughs> down to London for it. Yeah, you I, know what I mean. It was it was mute, beyond an illusion. Both parties were. Were more than happy. Cock a hoop. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also, I think a lot of unfair things have said been said about Kieran Tierney. I don't think it's a money thing. He's went down there. I think it is a career progression. Yeah. I think as he as he said in his interview, normally when you sign for a club, you don't really mention the club you've just left. Mm-hmm. But most of what he talked about was Celtic, and then at the end he said how he's delighted to come to Arsenal. He said he lived his dream. I said it on the emergency pot. Uh, the phone, I think it was. Growing up, and when you hear players retire, what was your 
what was your best memory in football? Most of them say making a debut. Mm. He got to make his debut for the club he grew up supporting. Now, growing up supporting Celtic for Kieran Tierney is so much different from growing up to supporting Celtic for me and you. Yeah. Because he grew up, he grows up in Celtic. We grew up on the outside. Yeah. He's playing while we're at the game. It's completely different. This is what he knows and this is what I know. So they saying, oh, he could have stayed for the 10. Okay, he could have stayed for the 10. He misses out on a basic wage of five million pounds if he stays in that. That I challenge him to say no to that. Going to a, cl- a club like that, a league like that, it's very easy to tweet that you would turn it down, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and it's just the money. That's just that's just the basic. Yeah, that's not appearance fee or that sort of thing. So it's a, a hell of a lot of money. The guy, I think he just outgrew the league, like we've seen with yeah. Van Dyke, like we've seen with Dembele. It just looked a cut above, and it, it was about time for him to leave, I think. Well, you've, you've touched on a few guys there, Dembele and, and Van Dyke, and what we've said in this podcast is as well. It's probably unrealistic to bring guys in from other clubs and sell them on, but say the likes of KT, well, you kind of get the move because yeah. we brought you through. But the, the flip side of that is, this is a great advert for... See if you're a youngster playing football... And you've got the choice between joining Celtic, joining Dundee United, joining Rangers or any other club. You're looking at Kieran Tierney going, well, th- that's who I could be. And it's the same for any other any Even player. Clubs down south. I, you, want, you want to come to Celtic and you want to play your football. You, we'll turn you into a Kieran Tierney, a Van Dijk, a Dembele. That's, this is the place to do it. And the sad irony being that these guys are probably, they were treated better on departure than Kieran Tierney yeah, is probably. because he's a Celtic fan yeah. and, and that's the kind of sad thing it's like um, we talk about you know, Melly said he's proud of it and I think in the cold light of day maybe in a, once it kind of settles down a bit we'll be able to look back on Kieran Tierney and think you know he made he made a career decision and we're kind of we're proud that we've produced this guy and he's gone on to the very top much like Dembele, everyone just now is talking about Dembele and Van Dijk as if they're, oh, they're our boys, you know, they're our boys out in the big time. But Kieran Tierney is having to suffer this yeah. unfortunate backlash. But it I, must, I think it's a, there is, a, I think it's now sort of a small portion now. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, now, now, judging by the online, it's a small portion. Most people have sort of come to their senses. Um, oh, wait for the tweets. <laughs> <laughs> wait for the tweets. We are going to get on release. <laughs> it's a lot different now. People say Larson stayed for seven years. If you put Henrik Larson into a Celtic team now, we don't get him for seven years because we yeah. could sort of match the wages elsewhere back then. We can't now. And what we need to do is bring in players, develop them, sell them on, and also bring through players, develop them, and sell them on. 25 million for a guy that has came through your own system is unbelievable money. And that, that means we, we've scoped to do this again. Yeah. We have to, we can't keep saying I'll copy the Ajax model and then when we do that and sell players kick up fuss because it, it doesn't really work like that and I think as well we're going to need to get used to the fact that you maybe only get two or three years out of players even guys coming through yeah. because if you think for one second that if Cal McGregor, James Forrest got offered this kind of money they'd be like no I'm staying for the 10 staying for the 10 is so much different to you and me than it is for these guys and somebody made a point in a group chat with the History Boys abroad apart from staying for the 10 what is there here for Kieran Tierney winning leagues winning trophies he won 10 trophies in a row Mm. that's unbelievable and if you think Cal McGregor wasn't in there on 
Thursday saying, well, Leicester are in for me, but I'm just going to stay. I think you're sadly mistaken. Aye, I think there's maybe a new reality that, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a negative. We should be, as I say, you can, you don't need to be pissed off that Kieran Taylor went to Arsenal. You can no. be proud. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? However, depending I, what way they do it. Yeah, and, and, and this is a big but. It's the fans would be more happy with these guys going for big money if we saw the money reinvested. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh Arsenal, Ajax fans are probably no cock-a-hoop, as you put it, Stephen, at watching their star players leave all the time. Yeah. But they're probably slightly comforted by the fact that... They're Ajax. They're Ajax, and <laughs> yeah. they do have a conveyor belt, yes. or they will go out and, they have and, a system, and yeah. spend some money. Whereas we seem to be a bit haphazard about it. Now, we'll get on to Celtic's transfers I'm sure at the towards the end of the podcast um, should be a quick section that, see, <laughs> see what's in there check my notes yeah. um, but we've got a couple of games to talk about some some pure Lenny ball mm, um, yeah. one more than the other um, Cluj yeah, seems Cluj. like a million weeks away now you know how you get these uh, European teams where they've got initials in front of them and people sometimes either pronounce the initials as a word or just say the initials. Yeah. Say like Ike Athens Seska or AEK Moscow. Athens, Seska yeah. Moscow. Yeah. I heard someone call Cluj. No, you didn't. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Cluj. <laughs> <laughs> was it Paggy Bonner? No, I can't remember who it was. I, I remember bursting it laughing in the car though. Jeffrey Cluj. <laughs> well, it was uh, Jeffrey Cluj v Celtic over in Transylvania. The third round, um, first leg of our... Champions League qualifying, absolutely ridiculous. We have to play so many games, but never mind. Um, impressed, Melly? A impressive result. Yeah. Performance not impressive, but as you say, you can improve on performance. You can't improve on results. And if you had a, well, you did offer it to me on the match companion, and I said I'd take Stephen's hand off for one each. Yes, so that's right. Good, great, great result. Could have played better, but we we could have played worse as we've seen a lot. And the longer the game went on, I felt Celtic were the more likely mm. to win the game. The, we just made a couple of wrong options in the final third that were yeah. just maybe a couple of games down the line we wouldn't make. Just laying people in. I think James Forrest had one, but if he had they just left it for Edward as well, I think we could have played McGregor in off yeah, the top yeah, of yeah, head. Yeah. the right hand side. But just a wee couple of wrong decisions, but it was a tiring night. It was a long night away and the heat as well so I've no complaints especially with the the goal we lost was silly but to come back into the game quite quickly and then settle down it wasn't your wasn't your typical Celtic away in Europe performance thankfully no I had worried going in that it was going to be usually annually you would get some sort of reality check when it comes to mm-hmm. European even if you don't go out you still get a wee scare that makes you think oh we've got work to do here be it AK Athens, which unfortunately did go out, but yeah. I'm talking like Astana away yeah. or Beersheva, even the real, really tough nights oh, where you think, oh, one of these horrible, horrible games. Yeah. And, oh, right. I thought this was maybe going to be that one, but I think Celtic did pretty well. There were one or two signs of the typical Celtic away performance mm. in Europe, but I think both teams started pretty well. A couple of chances, Edward had a chance early on, and then. The thing I worried about as well, I would heard going in that clues were really good. Jeffrey were really good um, <laughs> at set pieces, and they had two corners within the first ten mm. minutes. And I thought oh, this is going to be a long night for for the Celtic. But I think I think Celtic did really well. And as Melly said, one each, really in any away tie, taking it back to home, I think is a good result. Yeah, yeah, regardless yeah. of performance, which I thought was quite good. I don't want to say I don't want to sound as if I'm saying oh we we got away with one there. I thought Celtic were. Were decent on the night, but I think they've done enough 
when you saw the lineup, Melly, um, were you happy with it? Notable exclusions, probably Julianne again, and a notable inclusion for me was was Morgan. Yes. Um, let's start on Julianne. Neil Lennon has been mightily impressed with Jozo Simonovic um, yes. over the last couple of days. He says he he's a player who really likes. He says he's loved what he sees him in training. He's very happy with the way that his central defensive pair of Ayer and Jozo are getting on. So really, he sort of said that Julianne has got work to do to get in the team. Now, that, that could be a negative for some people, but I'm quite happy with that. You know, if, yeah. if, if the manager's happy with how the, the centre defenders are playing... You're not just going to drop one because you've spent seven million on a guy, are you? No, the, these games are so difficult to navigate, as we've seen time and time again. So you need to give yourself the best opportunity to go through by having your squad ready. From remember, January is our most important yeah. window. That's why we loaned all the players last year and then sent them back. <laughs> uh, so, but the only thing to come out of that was from then, from. March maybe, it was Jozo and it was Iron centre defence. Neil Lennon stuck with that and it won us the league. It got us over the line in the cup final. That was a good partnership. There's no need to just go and tear up a partnership with for a guy. Yes, he was £7 million, but he'd played one competitive game before that. Mm. There's no need to throw him in, especially when we weren't really conceding goals. So I don't think it's that big a deal. I think by a month or two, Julian will be the most established centre-half alongside probably Ayer. Because Jozo, Jozo, Jozo's got an injury. Well, it's not an injury, but he's got a condition we need to manage. You know, we've got yeah, a condition. Yeah. He can't play on plastic pitches, and as we said, Kieran Tierney's like, I'm away down to playing belting pitches. You're playing in three different <laughs> Astrotuff pitches every... Speaking of pitches, did you notice that one was a bit dodgy looking against the uh, against Cluj? Uh, it was quite long. It looked quite no. long and pretty dry as well. Do you remember they, we spoke last week about how they'd been compiled a dossier maybe from... What was his name again? That uh, Oh, uh, Shabba Lazlo. Shabba Lazlo. Shabba. Didn't Craig Levine <laughs> actually put his oar in there as well with the long pitches? And s- the... Speaking of Craig, did you see the nick of hearts grass? No, no. Oh, it, there's a there's a really good clip going about Twitter. Half of the Hearts pitch is fine, right? And the other half and is a wee concert for the it, fringe opening. Is that what happened? It's completely ruined. <laughs> so one half of the game was played in 2019, and the other half was played in 1979. Right? It's absolutely horrendous. Still didn't win. Uh, on Lewis Morgan though, he uh, said it on the match companion. These games usually big game players scores as we've seen James Forrest been there done it you can see James Forrest scoring hmm. you can see Edward scoring can you see Lewis Morgan scoring in a European game no the same reason you can't really see Darren <laughs> Kai Steven scoring in a European game because it doesn't happen because he's just not up to the standard and we left Scott Sinclair a guy who's proved it scored in these games away because we thought he might be leaving. Yeah. That's criminal. Absolute yeah, criminal. Now, I, you know how I feel about Scott Sinclair. Now, we didn't pick our guys this year. I don't know if it's something he's want to do at some point, but I was seriously considering making Scott Sinclair mine. Um, oh, you're right on board with all the guys now, aren't I, you? Well, the, the thing is, right, I can kind of forgive leaving Scott Sinclair out of that. Only this particular squad, because if he's at home trying to get a move, then yeah. that, that's fair enough. You don't want to screw that up for him by dragging him all over to Romania or whatever to sit in the bench and no play. So, so that's fine. But going forward, this Morgan for Scott Sinclair stuff must end. <laughs> it really must. Yeah. Um, or at the very least, a replacement must yeah. must Aye. take place in the, the remaining weeks of the window. 
Lewis Morgan, I've I've tried my very best. Melly quite rightly pulled me up. Maybe last week or the week before yeah. when I started drifting down that road of, oh, you know, he's okay, he's trying hard, and you quite rightly held up the yellow card in my mm-hmm. face. No, no, none of that. He's okay, chat. Not, the the thing is, good enough. He done yeah, well right. for Lewis Morgan, Pat. The yeah. thing is, I'm not prepared to contradict myself here because I know we're going to get into a discussion about Bowley in a minute and I'm <laughs> going to bring the tactics into it, but there is a difference because I think what... I mean, aside from, I think Lewis Morgan was okay in spells mm. against against Motherwell, but even any any Scott Sinclair doubters out there, and I know there are people who say, uh, I don't really understand it, but they say, he's not very good aside from his goals and assists. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Okay, but in Lewis Morgan, what we've got from a guy who, at the moment, is not very good and has no goals and assists. Yep. Yeah, yeah. When you put it like that, yeah, it's quite hard to disagree with that. I think against Motherwell, I think you're right. I think he was a bit better because... I wonder if the goal from Clues that we'll come on to um, led to him being spoken to by Neil Lennon because his defensive work for that goal just wasn't good enough. He just sort of jumped in front of somebody, didn't yeah. get near the ball. And he defensively was a lot better against Motherwell, but it still doesn't change the fact that he's not really offering anything going forward. If he was, he's like, I'm ashamed that we used to give McGeady pelters for this, the no, uh, no, no end no product, end product that no final phrase, ball. Uh, but McGeady was a tremendous player along with it. Lewis Morgan is kind of neither. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to write him off I because him off. Cause Neil no. Lennon obviously sees something in it and I don't like writing off Celtic players, but I think I think it's pretty obvious that you, you've got better options mm. in the club at the moment than, than, than Lewis Morgan. Um, El Hamid... Oh, yeah. the man. Stevens, man. Delighted with him, yeah. I'm, I'm big on El uh, Hamid so far. I think he's been really quite impressive. Completely different player to what I was expecting. I think he's actually very skillful and quite fast by the looks of it as well. I was expecting a sort of very mm. functional right back. When Just looking at his CV, I think we've been over this, but just looking at the bare bones of his CV on Wikipedia, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you, yeah. you would think, oh, what have we, what have we signed here? But um, I'm very pleasantly surprised with El Hamid. He's been unfortunate that he's had a couple of niggling injuries. Now, I think he's... I think he's expected to be fit for the yeah, the a- home tie, so I, I'd like him to just get over these wee niggles. I think he's had a dead leg so far, and then he missed the game against Motherwell. So I think he didn't play a lot of football. No, I, I think he said himself he'd been out for three months yeah. prior to signing for Celtic. So I hope to see him consistently in the lineup um, going forward because I, I think he's very impressive so far. I know it's early days and you can't make a judgment, as we'll come on to with other players here, but <laughs> he, he looks good to me. Uh, let's just talk about left back how do you think Bowley got on oh dear it's, it's not very good not very good it's, I'm trying not to be down on the guy do you want me to make the case for him you know I'm quite good at being I, dick I, I advocate like sometimes some of, some of the things going forward but it's looking like there's been a lot of games now there's a lot of evidence but I'm trying not to f- compare him to Kieran Tierney either I, I, think, I think part of the problem Bowley's got is we knew what we bought when we bought Bowley. Now, everyone that had watched him before, and even when he signed, we said his defence was weakness, right? Mm. Now, we've just spoke about Kieran Tierney, who was tremendous at defending and tremendous going forward. So he could be trusted to take on that whole left-hand side himself. No one really needed to worry about him. Whereas Bowley is a bit of a firework, and the guy just, he's like a dog pulling at the lead. He just wants to go forward all the time. Now, misplaced passes and things like that are, for me are a bit criminal and he's done a lot of that hitting the ball out and I think maybe I think he's one of these guys that when he has a bad game his head goes down so I think that's the first thing secondly though I think more importantly is we've taken this guy and we knew exactly what type of player he was Mm. 
and we're not accounting for that on the pitch. So when Bowley's running forward and making these runs, and he's not really too familiar positionally with the way Celtic are playing, Brown's no dropping in. Nobody's dropping in to, mm. to cover the space. Now, when Julian played against Motherwell, Julian was doing a lot of that. He was doing a lot of filling in when Bowley went forward, especially at half-time, because he was obviously told. But he, what I'm saying is, we can't just have this guy who we know who his game is and not adjust any of the the, the other shape of the players for him and then complain when he's getting caught out a wee bit. Interestingly, on that very point, I watched a bit of um, Man United versus Chelsea yesterday and Jose Mourinho was in, in the on the panel and he was talking about how Luke Shaw does that. Mm. Luke Shaw goes missing quite an awful lot. He's a good player, but he goes... He goes walkabout yeah. uh, going forward and Harry Maguire was constantly having to come over and cover him and Jose Mourinho couldn't resist a dig. He was saying he was going to have to get used to that going Aye. forward this season. So you're comparing me to Jose Mourinho <laughs> yeah. on my analysis? Yes, no Jose uh, Mourinho. Jose, but, but, the, but the fact <laughs> of that is, there's, there's, there's diff, as we know, there's different types of fullback. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, Kieran Tierney is the complete fullback. He does everything. It's it's obvious at the moment that Bolly isn't that. So we've either identified as, as someone we can turn into that or we want to play a different way. But right now it seems we're sending him out. We're saying, go be Kieran Tierney. And that wasn't his game. Yeah, He's played a lot of football before he joined us. He's only been at the club six weeks. He's no going to... We need to work something out with the guy. Two things you've said there. One, that he's not Kieran Tierney. And two, the misplaced passes are, are criminal. Now, the thing is, I don't think that anyone is watching a player making constant um, misplaced passes and thinking, well, Tierney wouldn't do that. Yeah. Misplaced passes are entirely their own thing. They don't come into other player comparisons. You just shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you've replaced or who you're not or who is better than you. You can't be giving the ball away as frequently as that. My worry with Bowley is that he's just he's just not very good for, for that position. Now, I, I'm not saying I'm not making a definitive or conclusive opinion either way here. We're just talking about this, right? Yeah. Because it is something that's come up. Now, the, the stock answer for these things is that people always say, oh, well, you would have written off Henrik Larson after his debut. But no one ever mentions the countless times that people said, well, he's just no good enough after three games. And they were right. <laughs> no. Yeah. Jack Hendry, how many games did he get before everyone was just like, he's crap. Yeah. He played too many games, remember? Uh, that's right. <laughs> so I, I wonder what the magic formula is for giving a player a certain amount of time. Nadir Chifchi, but did I think, he need a run of games or was he just not I very know, good? I but I think that the difficulty is, right, and what we, we need to watch, and it happens all the time in social media, and, and it happens in football commentary as well. Like, take the Motherwell game, we'll talk about it, but since we're talking about Bolly, we can do it again. Bolly had a terrible first half, but I thought he was really good in the second half. Yeah, the, yeah. The, pro- the, the, the problem you've got is, see every time you made a mistake, even in the second half, that that's all people were talking about. Yeah. Now there was a there was a time in the second half, and I was watching the game on Twitter where Celtic's team got completely passed through. Right, everybody was sixes and sevens in the midfield. Motherwell put it across, and the first thing everyone goes is stop across, and you're like, you're, yeah. the whole the whole team are out of position. They are everyone made an arse of it, and you're moaning at Bolly, who was maybe six yards higher up the pitch than he should have been to stop the cross. And I, I think I think you just need to be careful about a lot of that. I've I've definitely seen more of Bolly to tell me that there's more to come than than Jack Hendry. And also, you know, Bowley had some sort of pedigree when he arrived. Well, it went the same way with Jack Hendry because we even talked on this podcast about how it got to the stage where there's no point in, per- in persevering with this because every mistake he makes is now being scrutinised to the point of yeah, it's just too much for the guy. Yeah. It's looking like it's weighing on Bowley a wee bit. I think we talked about sort of not having confidence or whatever, but... It's not been terrible so far. It's not been terrible, but I'm just... 
it's, it's become the kind of warring factions out there. There's people saying he's just downright terrible, mm. and there's people saying, no, no, that's not true, he's been good. That's not true either. The, the good side, there's no yeah. evidence for it. There's a lot more evidence in the pish side of the ledger than there is good so far. I'm not writing the guy off at all, but I just I think there comes a time when, do you take him out for a bit? Do you try and... But no, because we don't have him there. Yeah, well, that does that as well. But then you run into the Jack Hendry thing again. Yeah. But if you, if you take him out to try and save his confidence, I don't even he, think he never comes back. Honestly, don't think yeah. that. I don't think we're at Jack Hendry stages. Well, oh, no. I, I don't think we're even at the, the conversation taking him out of stages. I think what needs to happen is he needs a bit more guidance on the pitch, and I think we, we need to find a shape that accommodates him. Like I say, we knew what he was when we bought him. Yeah, and and. Now, it must be difficult mainly for a player to adjust because see when you're playing for Rapid Vienna see the odd misplaced pass see the odd conceded goal the draw here it doesn't matter but see when you're at Celtic the fans don't tolerate that you're not expected to do that and especially whether people like it or not he's always going to be getting compared to Kieran Tierney he is he's got a lot of things up against him he's came in kind of late he's been tossed in for replacing Kieran Tierney mm. never, never going to work he has played alongside. He's played alongside Ayer and Jozo, Ayer Beaton, Jozo and Julian. He's had different partners beside him every time. Now uh, and El he Hamid. hasn't passed to any of them. <laughs> <laughs> El Hamid's in there, and then he looks up and he's got Lewis Morgan ahead. him. like, oh, come on, give the guy, give the guy a break. The in fact that's another thing. Just whilst whilst you mention it, I'm crossing it to Motherwell territory here again. But see if Lewis Morgan wasn't on that that side of the pitch. See if he, for example, you had Edward out left. Edward would have occupied Motherwell a lot more than Lewis Morgan mm. did. So it would have gave a bit of protection and a bit of freedom to Bolly. So this is what I'm talking about. There's, there's probably accommodations we can make. Yeah, and he's been flung into very important games very early on. It is difficult for him. I think if he was playing for another team and I watched him, I'd go, that guy's terrible. But because he's at Celtic, <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to give him leeway. And I really do hope that it's just a wee confidence thing and he'll settle into it because we really need a, read, need him to. And selling Kieran Tierney looked like it was going to be inevitable. So if we go out and sign Greg Taylor this week, what was the point in that? Why not sign him, him and Bowley at the start and let the two of them fight out? One can be put in, one can be taken out. And then we can. It's a lot easier for him. I don't think. I don't think Taylor's the answer. I. I, I just. I don't see it. Um, partly for the fact that like you said we could have went and bought him at any point. Partly for the fact that Kamarnik have let their other left back go on loan to St Mirren. So would they sell Taylor and recall him within mm. the same window? I just. I think if that was going to happen, those conversations would have happened already. I think Celtic's left back is probably. Either is playing in a league in Europe somewhere, and I saw we were linked with podcast favourite Burger Mailing today. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I've been linked with him ever since we started talking about him on the <laughs> podcast, to be fair. Um, and probably might be down in the Premier League, but not in a 25 man squad or something like that. Hmm. Anyway, back to Cluj. Aye, so I think we can all agree now that Bolly is a good player going forward and it'll all be fine. So, yeah. any Cluj's goal? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bowling goalie. <laughs> what a segue that was <laughs> after I've just defended him. <laughs> no, um, obviously Cluj, uh, Celtic took the lead. Goal for Cluj. It was a couple of uh, set pieces. I think it was a free kick just before that as well. I think there was a poor one from Christie. They got cleared and then Celtic managed to come back and won the corner and then somehow managed to squander both of the set pieces that led to... See Cluj, in fairness to them, they... They stuck to what they were good at. They stuck to their game plan, and that was hitting on the counter attack. Yeah. And they actually looked quite dangerous at times. Celtic in Europe, not even just away, 
look vulnerable to that kind of thing. So old Dan, chubby Dan Petrescu had obviously done his homework on it. He was a wee bit chubby. Um, He'd obviously done his homework on it and saw that Celtic are very open at times. There are one or two passes and opposition teams are getting up the pitch. Um, The the counter-attack was very slick in fairness to them, and the pass in behind Bolly was was very good. I don't I don't fully blame him as much as a joke. I don't fully blame yeah. him for it. It was a great pass, and I, I question Morgan's defensive work in that a wee bit as well. But it's just another one of those things where actually Stephen Clues crossed this, the halfway line. There were five Celtic players in our half, and only two Clues players. So it just we just couldn't get back in time. One of them actually fell over. In, in the middle of the attack just decked it so it just we just couldn't get back in time and, and it was a great pass as well it was a great pass and a good finish I don't blame Bain for it either I think that just happens you, know, you come out and someone sticks it through your legs I don't think that was particularly like a goalkeeping howler or, no. or anything I wouldn't go to that the thing that was also encouraging for me was a goal at that fairly early on mm. we didn't collapse but no, didn't I, exactly, I know. Yeah. And time and time again, we've seen it. It's goal, it's goal, it's goal. And then you're really up against it. But we stuck to the plan. We stayed in the game. And we had a wee bit of, a wee bit of good play. We've created a couple of chances. And then Forrest doing what he does best. We can rely on that guy in these type of games. Yeah, I feel like we've maybe slept on Forrest a wee bit at the start of the season. He's been quiet by his own standards. But he, he turns up in the big game yet again. Um, Forrest, with all the chat about the early part of the season would have been McGregor, Christie, Edward. I don't I think we've barely mentioned Forrest, but up he pops for a, a lovely goal. And um, it's you're right, it was less than 10 minutes, I think it was, Cluj had the, the lead yep. for, which is encouraging because, as I started saying earlier, there are so many you know, just tropes of the Celtic away yeah. experience in Europe. And, and one of them, as Melly says, is conceding a daft goal and then just going to pieces. The heads just are, are totally fried. And then another one comes along. I was worried at how easily at times Cluj got through us and how easily they were putting crosses in. At, at, well, a lot of crosses, yeah. Uh, from, from time to time. The defence seemed very wide open. Mm. But mm. From full-back to full-back and then centre-halves, it was just very wide. But I think we, we got a hold of that. The goal... It really settled us down because what we know from Cluj is they'd like to get the goal and sit in and hit us on the counter-attack yeah. further. But getting that goal quite early, that really takes the stuffing out of them because they're probably thinking if we Close get... Close out the half maybe if they can get any, ahead. Anything yeah. to nil is a good result to them. Mm-hmm. Even nil-nil, they'd have probably taken that. But one each gives puts us in the, the driving seat and... Once we get that goal as well, we don't really need to go at them. It's probably why the game wasn't great. It was a bit cagey. Second half sort of petered out. But as the game went on, I thought Celtic's quality started to show when we realised that maybe this team aren't not as good as we thought, but we're a better team. And we started to show it in the second half. We, I think the uh, introduction in Cham helped us mm, keep yeah. the ball a bit better with a lot of ball players on. So I think it was a great result. And probably could have snuck it in the end but I can't I grumble with one each yeah just one or two as you said earlier poor decisions at the yeah. end one breakaway is just holding on to the ball for that fraction too long and just having been closed out Cluj didn't really threaten much again um, they had a long range shot that Bain sort of punched up in the air and then it led yeah. to an overhead kick that landed, uh, landed in the top of the bar at uh, the top of the net but other than that I thought I thought Clues were just all right. I think they have a very clear game plan and stuck to it and did it well. But Celtic are huge favourites going into the home. Uh, 
You mentioned the home leg. Yes. Cluj made 11 changes in the, the most recent domestic game. Right, okay. Um, so they're coming to Celtic Park. They're doing a lot of mind games, I've noticed, Cluj. There was a lot of talking the press about how Celtic are this and Celtic mm. are that. And then coming back, they're all giving it... Telling you, it's Craig Levine. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Petrescu said, beating Celtic are as good as Barcelona, was one phrase. And, they, and their captain said, they need a miracle to beat Celtic at home. I it's, saw the word there. I think Dan, Dan Petrescu said something about being afraid of Celtic yeah, as well. It's, yeah, it's, it's all so, designed to mm-hmm. make us put our guard... It's all very childish. Yeah. Um, and he's not having any of that. We're having none of it. Just beat them and move on. Do you think, looking to the home leg, which is tomorrow, yes. as we record this, um, we will, of course, be doing a melee at the match for, yep. the, for the patrons. You can get your reaction right on the Patreon site there. Lineup wise, I think Cham staking a claim. Do you think maybe we might see now that Sinclair's definitely not going anywhere? He's a good player, big player, big wages. Do you think we're going to see him feature a bit more? I think that's the only. Jozo is making it, El Hamid's making it, and Johnston. Eh, Johnston's making yeah. it. So you think it's Johnston for Morgan? Johnston for Morgan, and I think in Cham will start on the bench because I think the midfield freeze. Being consistent throughout, yeah. and consistency is what you need throughout these games. The back two has been fairly consistent. Consistency is, <laughs> and that is what I want. <laughs> if we can get a sort of consistent back four, I thought Julian, when he's came in, he's done fine, so I'd have no qualms about putting him in. But Mikey Johnson for that bit of magic and in charm, it gives us an option off the bench, even though at the weekend. He was absolutely dynamite, boy. <laughs> no was... Olivier and Quams about putting him in. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing, and Cham's sort of staking a wee claim though, isn't he? Sure is. Do you think that's a shot window? Do you think Neil's taken my side, put the hand over, went, do you want to move? Oh, you've got three weeks away and earn it. Ah, he's, he's got no choice. If or that's maybe, tw- or maybe trying not. to sell more players. <laughs> well, maybe not, maybe not three weeks, but maybe Neil Lennon's saying, look, you want to move. I've not had a single phone call about you, Olivier and Cham. You well, need to go out there and earn it. Well, if, if Olivier and Cham fancies a big move, and decides to turn it on to try and get it, it's only a good thing for Celtic, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. If he leaves, fine. I think we're all kind of resigned to it on this eventually. I don't want him to leave immediately, but Mel- Melly's making a face. The year, <laughs> <he'll be off. laughs> I think he will leave eventually. It might not be this window or even January, but it, no, I think a this bold is... bold prediction, yeah. Stephen. A player will leave. <laughs> I mean, this season, I think that whether he leaves now, January or whatever, I think this is in Cham's last season. But if he decides that the only way to get himself the move that he thinks he deserves is to play out of his skin and be yeah. the player of the year, then pff, bring it on. Absolutely all for that. So with Cluj 1, Celtic 1, it wouldn't be what you would call necessarily Lenny Ball. However, <laughs> you snigger. <laughs> Celtic 5, Motherwell 2, five different goal scorers, a terrible first half, a dominant second half. Tactical chaos at some times, but as far as I could tell, that was purely enable. <laughs> yeah, I, the, the first half, I don't, I don't think it was terrible. I just think I think Motherwell were quite good. If I'm yeah, totally uh, honest, to be fair, they, they took it to us, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, I think they started off really well, forced Celtic back to the point where Celtic were actually forced into going long a couple of times, yeah. and Motherwell looked like the the, the footballing team of the two. Um, I think they were they were really good. I, it's been a tricky place to go for Celtic in recent years. I think it was that three draws in a row. Yeah, Prior they've not won since the 4-3 Rogic game. Oh, God, what a classic that was. The under, <laughs> undervalued classic of the of the first season under yep. Brendan Rodgers. Motherwell haven't beaten Celtic in any game since December 2015. A game Ronnie. in which Nadir Chifchi started. That's two mentions for him tonight, oh Nadir Chifchi. And Carlton Cole came off the bench. <laughs> Motherwell strikers were Lewis Moult, 
Uh, he, he liked liked a goal against Celtic uh, yep. and Scott McDonald. So that was four strikers involved in that game, and Celtic didn't have one in the top two. <laughs> you would easily swap those two for Lewis Malt and Scott McDonald easily. A wee maybe a wee insight as to why Celtic lost the game. We tried to sign Louis Malt last year. Yeah, that's right. When Dembele went, we tried our last minute to see if he fancied it. Preston or something. He went to Preston or something. So anyway, this game, the lineup, another changing lineup for Celtic saw a back two, a back pairing of Julian paired with Bitton this time. I don't think we've had that yet, have we? Nope. That's our first uh, in Cham, Melly's player of the year. He started and, uh, well, Morgan kept his place, but Lee Griffiths came in. How do you feel we've done on that basis, Melly? It's necessary changes. El Hamid missed out as well, so I yeah. slotted in at right back. Tony Ralston just... Out of the picture altogether, isn't he? He's just got to go, unfortunately. Probably necessary changes. The worrying thing for me was the midfield. I worry when we change that midfield that there's not enough energy in there. But I thought and Cham brought that brilliantly. McGregor as well. But you just you worry about when there's no Ryan Christie in the team. But Mm. didn't need him. Lenny Ball suits (laughs) everyone. Well, Griffith's first start since December, also Mm -hmm. away to Motherwell, and um, he he just looks. He just looks as if he's picked up exactly where he yeah. left. He, he's had four shots on target so far this season and scored the three of them. Two free kicks. Yeah. I mean, you can't really argue with, with stuff like that. He looks he looks good and as as we said last week, it's just a case of getting him playing and getting him fit. It is quite unbelievable when you think about it that he has just picked up exactly <laughs> exactly where he left Unreal, off. Unreal, You know what I mean? That's the, the talent the guy's got is quite phenomenal. There was one first touch he had, a long ball over the top. He just pulled it out of the air with that left yeah. foot and just straight in. He's... he's Underrated at that. Oh, his so first touch is first touch is unbelievable. A really underappreciated, extremely skillful footballer, Lee yeah, Griffiths. Yeah. I know everyone talks about his goals as if he's like just a poacher, just that gets on the end of chances, as if he's like Chris Boyd or something like that. But the the level of ability he's got and that that wand of a left foot, uh, as they say, <laughs> it's always a it's always a wand or a cultured, cultured left, left foot. foot yeah. It's always a cultured left foot. But yeah, as I say, Motherwell had started the game well, and for the second time that week. Um, Celtic went behind first but as we'll come on to got it straight back This both games Celtic clawed it back within 10 minutes this was considerably less than two, mm. 10 minutes but Donnelly opened the scoring who's been on fire this season he's been absolutely banging them in caused a lot of problems maybe a couple of defensive questions there I think in Cham arrived very late he, he seemed to to close down he seemed yeah. to realise what was going on just at the last second then bombed over and by the time he got there he'd already volleyed it into the bottom corner I think it's maybe maybe the first time I would point to Bain and say should prob- 100% yeah, should have saved it could like, probably have at least done better there maybe palmed it out no, to no, no. Her, yeah. 100% should have saved it in yeah, my opinion I think it was it was quite close to him I think that was maybe as I say the first time I would really if, consider uh, yeah. pointing to Bain and going like you could have done better yeah. there mate but uh, I think I think he should have saved it. Bolly um, got the blame for that one. The pub yeah. I was in, he got the Bolly was. He was. He was quite far off the man mm. on the right hand uh, side. But Bolly, we mistake there, but it's all right because in the right hand side we have a complete player. And not only that, Stephen, do you know what else he is? Christopher Ayer. <laughs> Somebody's boy in here. Who's oh, my, is that right? Uh, Who's uh, my Mr. boy? James Von Doom, Mister. I will die on that Ayer Hill. Has now. Done a heel turn. I've done a face turn. I've done a face turn. Listen, I admit it. You know, I admit it. I had my reservations about Ayer. I had my reservations about that marauding centre half thing. But put it on record, you were wrong. Uh, you Come know, on. Uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, right, okay, I was wrong. Okay, right, yeah, I was wrong. Right, I don't think you do that. Um, 
I, 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 like, I thought that was... I was very impressed. I was impressed how he took the mantle. I was impressed with the run he made forward. He took... He says, I'm a right back today. That's exactly what I'm going to do. It was um, like a 60-yard 1-2 he played with James Forrest. Yeah, I, um, and I thought his finish was cool as well. Yeah, yeah. it was the first goal he scored with his feet, actually. Aye. It was the, his third goal overall in uh, two or headers prior to this. Um, I don't know, one of your tallies. Well, oh, of course, yeah. The, the, the two between them, or the 11 between him and Christopher Julian. I, want, I will say one thing about Ayer, though. And do you know what I, I really like about him? He gets it. Yes, yeah. he, 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 get, he gets what's involved in being a Celtic player. To go back to the Clues game just briefly, there was a moment very early on where he made a crucial challenge that led to a corner that was a certain Clues goal. It was a cutback across the six-yard box and he slid in and got it out for a corner. And I'll never tire of him celebrating defending. Yeah, yeah. Like he celebrates defending the way Lee Griffiths celebrates scoring goals. Um, and he, and he, he did it later on in the game as well, but... I thought he was excellent in this game. I've never really been convinced about him as a right back. I think nah. usually when he turns up at right back on the lineup, I think, oh, well, something we're going to suffer here because he's, there's. I think the last time he played as a right back, he just basically stayed yeah. pretty was static. It the game? Yeah, I, no, no, there was one just at the early point of this season. Oh, just you a mean few this season? Yeah, sorry, just a yes. few weeks ago, where he played very static as a right back. But not the case at all. I think he could have had another couple of goals in this game as well. Finishing isn't great, let's face it. But um, no, nah, I, I thought he was excellent the whole game. It was a close call between him and, and Cham for man of the he match. He was my man of the match yeah. on, on the day, definitely. There was uh, the SPFL, when they put up the goals, they do it without any commentary. So it was a good wee clip of the goal. And you can hear sort of Motherwell fan in the background as Forrest cuts in. He says something like, oh, you've got me in your back pocket, wee man. <laughs> Forrest absolutely dances, puts it through an absolute underrated through ball. By the way, that was precision. When you see it from behind, you just see players closing in yeah. on the ball and it squeezes right through. It just through. does a wee sort of, there's a wee lift on it that if it was going yeah. along the grass, it wouldn't have made it through. And then as soon as, the foot as, well. as soon as it yeah, goes I was through, going to see that. <laughs> as soon as it goes through, you just hear the guy go, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> then I scores, great finish, great goal, and gets us right back into it. Best that, a minute and a half or something yeah, after Motherwell had scored, yeah. So uh, normal services resumed. I'm impressed with that with Celtic these days because it, we've seen it twice in a week. It's go behind and there's nothing changes. It's just yeah. go straight back to work, really, and just get the goal back almost immediately. We mentioned him earlier on. Um, Lee Griffiths returned to scoring form once again. Now, when he's set up to take that free kick, you're watching it and you're going, it's going over the wall and at the top bin. That's, yeah. what, that's what you were thinking. That's what I think everyone was thinking. Certainly how the Motherwell defenders were thinking when they <laughs> set their wall up and left that massive big, so was the keeper, right? that big gap. That's what the keeper was thinking. And I, I was I was watching the game and I said to my pal, I was like, all he needs to do is get this on target because it's going in. <laughs> Little did I know. There's a wee bit of variation in the free kick, Melly. Yep, it looked more like a, it'd be a better for Enchant to hit it. Uh, but when the wall lined up and the keeper went, See that massive gap there? Yeah. You might want to do something about that. <laughs> Especially Lee Griffiths standing in front of it, but it didn't, and he just arrowed it right into the corner. Smash and finish, smash and goal. It just it just gets him going again, doesn't it? Another game where he scored and he relaxes after that because he doesn't do that thing where he's he, he feels he has to score he's in a game. Everything Desperate, like. yeah. But he's he's settled right in again and it was great to get it just before half time so we go in in the lead in half time because Motherwell, as you said, had played well but that, that really shook them and it, it made things a bit easier for us to come out in the second half and play because I don't doubt there was a lot of tired players in there because because of the travelling and the exertions of during the week. Yeah, half time 2-1 up. I think Motherwell's 
game plan had probably kind of gone out the window. As I said, they'd had a good first half, but it was up to Celtic to take over. And the second, yeah. I think they, they very much did. I think Neil Lennon was, was absolutely delighted with the, the second half performance, and they really were out of sight towards the end. I know uh, Motherwell got a consolation back eventually, but I think Celtic were... The old, the old cliche, unplayable in right. the second half. I think, I think Bowley was much improved in the second half. Yeah, as, yeah, we, as we, we touched on earlier on. One thing I think peculiar, a peculiar about Bowley is he seems to be more confident playing to his right hand side. Anytime mm. you know he, when he's playing, he's left or he's playing forward. But when he looks for like McGregor quite often on Cham on the on the right hand side and he's playing it out to them, he played that diagonal quite a lot. Yeah. Um, so again, I think it's just maybe managing what he does. But I think Celtic. We we discussed this last week in the pod, Stephen, directness. Now, Celtic were very direct against Motherwell. We went long sometimes, but we we didn't actually go long quite often. But what we did do was we're turning and we're moving that ball forward. Yeah, and it's something we we expected from Lennon. I think it's really, it's taken a few games to kick in. We really saw it against St. Johnson and saw it again in the second half today. I think we we expected it from Lennon. I I think the, the reliance on the Rodgers sort of son of Guardiola style like, <laughs> son uh, of Guardiola. <laughs> possession stuff was going to become a thing of the past that doesn't mean you, you'd stop playing football it just means yeah. you play it a different way and I think Lennon's been very good at the transition so far well I've, I've heard something about that just on, on, the, on that Rodgers thing that you mentioned I heard that when, when Celtic switched their style up and Rodgers went to this sort of ex- extreme possession type thing someone was talking today I can't, I can't remember I heard that I read it but they were saying that opposition players actually quite liked that Rogers style because it gave them a chance to catch their breath because they knew Celtic were going to circulate the possession gave them an opportunity to get back into shape it was quite apparent by the end of Brendan Rogers' tenure to be perfectly honest quite easy yeah, to play against at times. but the way this Neil Lennon team plays is teams are struggling Melly to really keep up with it yeah we are banging in goals left right and centre mm. what was Leicester score at the weekend <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no, no. Yes, loads was. of possession though I'm going to believe <laughs> yep yeah, it is Lenny Ball is in full effect in the second half a quality players just took over there was some good stuff played and Cham was dancing McGregor I'd say he his best game for a while as well I thought yeah. he was really into it and the Bowley got forward and finally I thought, as you said, he played a lot better in the second half, but we got to see some of his attacking play yeah. and when he cuts it back and he gets an assist finally, he say, well, mm. there is something there, so it's not looking too bad and James Forrest Still a lot of work to do. Yeah, yeah. and he, he's, he's an underrated finisher as well. The guy gets a lot of goals for a winger. I know he's a forward. Wingers are called forwards now, but he gets a lot of goals, important goals, and he loves it, and I, I thought when he was celebrating, I was like, oh, he looks quite handsome today. <laughs> <laughs> is, really, is it the beard? Is it uh, the stubble? No, I could, his hair was looking good now. I never really thought that about Forrest. His hair is fine. He scores belters yeah. all the time. He's so, uh, aging like a sir. fine wine, <laughs> James Forrest. <laughs> well, at least I'm covering the important things in this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, a, a lot, an awful lot of work to do. He did well getting it away, and it was his second goal with his left foot inside a couple of days. Um, Into that corner that the... Yeah. The young him McGregor seem to find that's what they're teaching at Lennox Town. Yeah, absolutely. And it's through a crowd of players. I think it was three or four players surrounding him. It's a good cutback from Bowley. Um, it is technically an assist, but James Forrest still had an awful lot of work to do and he stuck it away. James Forrest is off the mark. And, and what did he end up getting about 20 goals or something last season? Maybe just under thereabouts. It was just after Edward, wasn't it? Yeah, I think he was the second top scorer, so he could easily replicate that again this season. Lenny Ball's doing good with the... I think he's doing quite well with the squad management as well. Can I just say, for the listeners' benefit, that that is maybe second or third time that when 
Lenny Ball is mentioned. Yeah, you go, I know what you're going to say. Melly does a hand gesture to, yeah. <laughs> to signify Lenny Ball. No, the hand gesture is what I do when Christy last week and James Forrest scored here. Get the subs on. All right, okay. Get them wrapped in cotton wool because Forrest going to be a massive player during the week and Christy rested at the weekend then came on. So. Well, Edward had come on for, for Griffiths. Uh, a little bit before Forrest's goal, yep. I think, and and he got his goal. Now, th- this goal, pick of the bunch for me, uh, and Cham, superb skill out on the left-hand side to skip by. It's dead easy as well. It's as if the guy just, it was like men against boys. Ah, the old, it's a class above saying, me. I've said yeah, it all along. Just skips past the guy. And speaking of the outside of the right boot, swung the ball across to Edward on the edge of the box. So he took a, a lovely touch and stuck it away, but it was all about in Cham. Slight suspicion of handball in the build up mm. from Bowley. I think yeah. well, not so much suspicion as an absolute <laughs> glaring foghorn of a of a <laughs> handball right in front of the Motherwell fans. They were absolutely furious as well because about twelve seconds later the ball was in the net. They must have been absolutely raging. But um that was all about in Cham and it was it was superb. Uh, just putting it as it was a, a case to be made for him or I have to be man of the match, but in Cham possibly sealed it for me with that ball I, I, think so. I really like that goal because it goes out to Bowley up to Encham and Edward back in the net that's went from our left back yeah went through one player up to a striker in the back of the net that is that's peak Lenny ball there's direct there's long balls but that is what you're talking about when he gets it it's more getting the ball forward yeah. quicker and Encham did brilliantly great ball in and Edward he just used his body without actually touching the ball and just yeah. It just faints so the defender comes and it's that finish again with it in, inside his foot like in the cup final just a wee bit of lifting right into the bottom corner absolute top draw goal and of course he was felled for the penalty yeah. shortly oh, afterwards play, as well dancing again yet more great footwork from him and Christy got up and stuck it away I think we're all pretty confident in Christy taking the penalties going yeah. forward seems now. to be the designated taker yeah. doesn't he? does that make seven for this season seven now, yeah Christy? How many goals did he get last year? 11 in total. I think, well, 11 was his record. I think prior to that, I think his best was eight. So he's already one behind his second best ever season in August. (laughs) Some going. (laughs) At this point, Celtic are home and hosed, as they say. 5-1 up. Motherwell did get a consolation towards the end. Yeah, poor, wasn't it? Corner comes in, Julian out-jumped. But Gallagher, was it? He's decent in the air. But uh, when the ball drops... Just shows Neil Beaton is not a centre half because it's him that switches off and he lets his man go. He's ball watching. And it's something I've said before. It just at these points, he's fine. But playing out from the back with the ball at his feet is a good player. But the defensive, the the meeting spuds, the meeting spuds, <laughs> the, the meeting, the locks and bagels, <laughs> the the food and drink or whatever of the of defensive. It just doesn't know where he's supposed to be at yeah, times, and especially with crosses and all that. Julian. Yeah, out jumped there, and his game, all right, all right. It was a domestic debut again. We're not going to make any judgments here, but maybe a little bit, a little bit shaky at times. He had a honker of a back pass to Ben. Probably get one eye and bowly. Where's that <laughs> boy going, man? <laughs> Very. Um, but aye, a consolation. But what is this conceding goals uh, that have been created and scored by Declan Gallagher's and Liam Donnelly's and all that? That's a disgusting betrayal. Don't let follow follow find out, <laughs> Foman. Yes, and. James Forrest, underrated. He's uh, just equaled the Maestro Palmics Day in scoring in the league in the 11 seasons in a row. That's quite incredible when you think Some about it. Yeah. Also, it was, was it Giggs down south who famously did that? It's called in like almost... Like, nah, muck league, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Worthless. 
Smiley, I understand you had a bit of a a bit of a pet peeve. I heard on the Friday phone, and yes, you, you're going to do what? You're going to do? you're going to look at the attendances of the away the way uh, grounds we play at. Okay, look at the attendance of the game we play in. Okay, and work out how much money they are. No, I can't say spunking away because they're not even just bringing, flushing down just the drain. Not but even wanting. They're it. leaving it on the table. Yep, is yeah. what they're doing. But. Uh, Sean Butler, friend of the show and Photoshop extraordinaire, <laughs> yeah. he done my job for me, so he sent me this. So Motherwell's capacity, Motherwell's capacity is what? 13,677. Okay, and the official attendance, I can tell you, was 8,822. So how much Motherwell? Vacant seats, 4,855. Now charging a decent price, what did I say, about 125 grand spunking yeah. away? Close enough. £121,375. <laughs> don't want it. Don't want it. You keep your empty so seats. that's purely by not selling seats to Celtic not fans. Not selling seats. They've left 120. Are you going to do this every... Yes, every oh, week. Uh, I'm not sure we can include that every week. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, that's Motherwell. Now, looking across the city, Rangers 1-6-1. Scoring did flatter them a wee bit. The Hibs got a man sent off and basically collapsed and fell to pieces. They did, however, have a highlight of the game. What a through ball by Scott Allen. Didn't see that at Celtic, did we? No, you did not see that at Celtic. I was watching that and I was thinking, is he better than Lewis Morgan? But then I, then, then I got that thought Do you remember when we did have a pass from Scott Allen at one point and we talked about it for a further three years into his Celtic career? There was a pass against Ajax in like one of his very first games and everyone was still talking about it as if it was going to be the turning point for him. I'm glad he's playing football, but you know, don't be getting Rangers tattoos whilst you're at Celtic. <laughs> That's not really going to help things. Um... And I suppose the next game is what, Melly? Cluj during the week, then Dunfermline in the Cup on Saturday. What cup is this? Is this the Monster Munch <laughs> Pickled Onion Cup? Or some, uh, CIS, what is it called now? No, it is the Betfred Cup. Yes. <laughs> and we've got we've got Dunfermline at home with that one. You will be there, Melly, for the yes, patrons of course. doing Melly at the match. Dunfermline, a wee bit shaky. Start of the season, they've drawn both games, they're sitting in mid-table in the Championship, Dunfermline are in, so... Um, uh, not not a great team. Um, obviously, we've not played. We mentioned it when we were drawn. We've not played against the film since 2012. Uh, so What game is that? It was on Mulgrew. Scored an absolute screamer in it. 2-1? Um, yeah, Thomas that's Forrest right. So, uh, interesting to see them back. Nice to see the name. <laughs> you missed them, mate. We've been nostalgia. You missed, you missed them, Fremlin. Hey, hey, uh, French in the likes. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and on that, I suppose we shall diverge into any other business. Um, Neil Lennon, obviously with the departure of, of Kieran Tierney, were, had a press conference and he sort of says, yep, looking to bring someone in, don't expect them to be the next Kieran Tierney, because that's impossible, uh, but we will try our best to replace him, but I may have to get rid of some players before I buy some. Now, whether that's true or not, right, it could very well be true. Yeah. You know, it's not like Celtic just went and checked the bank, and I've got 25 million sitting up there. You know, that'll be paid over the course yeah. of the contract and blah, blah, blah. We know this, right? Oh, they got 25 million sitting in there, have they not? Yeah, they've got loads of money. But but the point is, the point is, don't tell it to the fans <laughs> the very next day. Celtic fans are hyper aware and hyper nervous that you're not going to go out and actually spend any yeah. money. So don't become... An, it's probably a negotiating tactic, as I mentioned earlier on. Just letting every club know, don't think we're flush here. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But, I mean... I just I don't know for the life of me why why he's saying that publicly. It's really bad timing. If if he misspoke in any way, it's just such terrible timing because 
quite rightly, people are just turning around and saying, well, what's it going to take? <laughs> yeah. We just sold a, a star player for a record fee and you're talking about having to get rid of players. What, what are you planning to do here? I know, I know that it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but I would like to see a bit more pushback from Neil Lennon. I don't mm. want him to go full Brendan Rodgers and yeah. throw the board under the bus, but I want him to come after that and say, you know, like like what happened with McGeady. He, he sold McGeady and he, and he funded a whole team off the back yet so uh, you know he could reference that he could say look I, I've done it before I've lost McGeady but that allowed me to build a team and, and he could be saying that and people would be feel more positive about it yeah you're right let's not let's not spend the next three transfer windows everybody no talking to each other because <laughs> <laughs> that I, I, wasn't a successful policy the last time and I was looking at the squad like, who, who's left to leave well, that's what Jack Hendry mm. Kouassi but apart mm. from that <laughs> that's what I mean you've just taken in 25 million for Kieran Tierney on paper but we're, we're going to get 300 grand for Kouassi and that'll, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that'll I, set the ball rolling will it it's that 150 grand that's tied up in Jack Henry. that's really <laughs> that's really holding us back so, so I, it's ground to a halt on the I, transfer front very few well, rumours oh it's not it's not really no oh. because uh, oh, well you know how we've got this director technical director guy well, I'm about to shut up because I don't know these things <laughs> well, so I'm going to sit down and listen well I'll have you know he has delivered a document onto Neil Lennon's desk and that document is every single player in England who did not make the Premier League squad now I know what you're thinking Andy could do that it's a BuzzFeed article <laughs> that's not what scouting is <laughs> it's what scouting is in the East End of Glasgow <laughs> um, and off the back of that we've been linked with I think just so far Yannick Bolassi. Right, that's a strange one. I think he's about 30 now, Yannick he, Bolassi. He's 30. He's he a was, crank player at one point at Crystal Palace. At Palace but terrible injuries. Yeah, um, he, it's just never recovered. He was lined up to go to CSK Moscow, but then he remembered Moscow's really racist and decided <laughs> yes, not yeah. to go. So, uh, Yeah, a, a strange one. One player we hope doesn't leave is uh, James Forrest, linked with a move to Zenit. Don't see that happening, really. Don't. I mean, I hate saying that in this podcast because things like that always happen after we don't see it happening. But I, I'm noted that he's the second Celtic forward to be linked with Zenit after uh, Tom Rogic earlier in the window. Oh, uh, yeah. So probably. I don't know if people are just sort of pulling names out of hats as far as that thing goes. James Forrest is not going to Zenit. I cannot picture that for the life of me. I don't even it's think... for £12 million. Pounds. I don't even think... Former Celtic Academy player going to Russia. What Never did, see that happen. No, what did, what was true. it McGeady said on uh, Cy Ferry's podcast about Russia? Oh, Lennon Foster, mate. No, no. Money, brilliant. Birds, brilliant. Football, okay. Or something like <laughs> that. <laughs> that's, that's what he says. Look, James Forrest, I don't know if he's the most cultured guy. I doubt he even orders in a Chinese. Mm. He's not going to go over to Russia and like the food. Just just stay at home, James. It's much better here. Please. What did he eat in Russia please. anyways? I know just like vodka and cucumbers and mayonnaise and stuff like that. Uh, that? That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting cancelled for that. Yeah. You're getting cancelled for that. And on that, Russian bombshell, I suppose <laughs> we should end. I do love that. Uh, the Russian article. roulette with yeah. chances, <laughs> I do love that thing where they've put together a, a compilation of all the, the, what is it, the number of players who are now available who are not in squads it, yeah. it really does come across like a blog where yeah, it'd be like here are the top 50 players available to you that aren't in squads down south number eight you won't believe it does it does what i mean i know we're being comical about it but it, it does worry me a bit you know when we were linked to taylor for kamarnock i would be i don't think we're going to buy him for, for the reasons i says but i would honestly be amazed i know tosh mckinley was watching him but are you seriously telling me there is not another best left back in 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 the country and mm-hmm. and what sort of left back do we want you know I, I just wish there was I've said it multiple times but you want there to be more research into it that being said Stephen you're a big fan of shopping in the English market mm. and there are lots of quality players who didn't make squads yeah 
you know. However, we had this conversation last year. <laughs> we we had this. We we said this last year. As soon as English window closes, then there'll be loads of guys scrambling for. And it turns out a lot of English footballers would just much rather take their wages and play reserve football. This is just the modern version of everyone googling the free transfer list, the free agent list yeah. immediately after the the deadline has closed, like at midnight. Let's all Google who's out of contract. That's, yeah. that's just the modern version. And on that, we shall end. We just want to thank all you guys. Good transfer segment. Yeah, like that, you guys. Good transfer segment. And on that, we shall end. I want to thank absolutely everyone for listening. We'd like to thank the people. Everyone. Everyone who listens. If you have a friend, tell them about our podcast. Plenty of room for more listeners. Um, like to thank the people who leave us reviews on iTunes. I think we're sitting at 599, Stephen. Really? Oh, yeah. Maybe we're fixing that. Yeah. One away from that, 600 if you want to leave us a review. Um, Patreon, we are very thankful for everyone who supports the podcast that allows us to do things like buying new equipment when it has a meltdown last yes. week. Oh, oh, there wouldn't have been no, no more 20 minute Tims if it wasn't for the patrons. So thank you very much. Um, if you're at all interested in the Patreon, you can check that out at patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims. I'm being ambitious here, Stephen. But we're just shy of a thousand patrons. Mm, right. I would like to get to a thousand patrons before Halloween. Get involved. You'll feel good. You'll be glad you did it. You're supporting supporting Aye. independent content. Aye. You'll you'll feel you'll feel doesn't, happy about it. Doesn't cost that much. Just get involved. You'll feel good. We'll feel good. Everybody's happy. Yeah. <laughs> and on the patrons, as we announced the week before last, Stephen, mm-hmm. the mugs came to an end. Now, if you signed up before the end of July, you're getting your mug. Yep. Those are being printed and packaged just now and they'll be winging them away to you in the coming weeks. If you signed up after, we promised a new reward. And well, Stephen, everyone likes pin badges, don't they? They sure do. So you might have noticed we have got a new logo. We've got some absolutely beautiful pin badges made for the treble tier. We will put those up on the Patreon. You can check them out first. And if you're a treble tier patron who signed up after the July deadline, we will send you a beautiful golden enamel pin badge it is a thing of beauty I think you must agree yeah it's smashing looking Aye. looking forward to getting those out uh, and they will be sent forward to you in the coming weeks also thanks for listening even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.